Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Monica Liekema, co-founder, co-CEO at Enfuse, the leading European card as a service, fully cloud-based provider to card issuing fintechs and banks. Monica has a brilliant career journey to share with us today and has lots of people first insights. She walks the talk and helps others join the movement. Monica, I'm so happy to have you with us here today. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well. And of course, being a Finn and we won the hockey championship World Cup yesterday evening, even more so. And like we have been saying that today is the day when we as Finn actually agree that we're the happiest nation in the world. Oh, congratulations. That is such good news. I'm really Thank happy you. we're recording this today then. Perfect timing. So just to kick things off, tell us about Enfuse, please. Well, Enfuse was founded uh, soon six years ago because uh, me and my co-founders, uh, a team of uh, experts in the payments and banking industry, wanted to build a company that we could be proud of a company that enables the issuance of money faster, scalable, and, and, in, and in a global manner. And today it might sound like, yeah, yeah, but everyone is doing it. But when we go back six years or like from my background, even more in the banking, like 15 years, uh, banking and payment was quite regional, which meant, and, and also that it took a lot of time and cost a lot of money to issue payment methods. Today we have Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, we have contactless, etc. And those are the things that we wanted really to, to be part of enabling because we believe that by enabling easy, fast and secure and compliant payment methods actually helps us as people to be more inclusive in the world of finance. And, and as we all know, finance is a, is a key metric in the way, way we live. So that's Enfuse in a nutshell. And, and today we have, uh, it's around 16 million uh, cards in our uh, platform. So we enable the daily payment of, of many people. Uh, we're focused uh, on Europe and, and the Middle East currently, but really looking to be, become a global player. And that's really useful to hear the scale in which you've um, grown. 16 million is a, is a huge number. Um, and I think that um, it'd be really interesting for us to cover a bit more about your career journey, how you got to this point, because, you know, what you've done with Infuse in such a small amount of time is phenomenal. But I think that's because of what you've done in the past. And I know you founded this first company in 2006. You've become CIO of a major European bank. All of this is before you started Infuse. So tell us more. Yes, so started off as a developer back in the last millennium. So I'm, I'm 47 years young or almost uh, turning in, in, a, in a week or so. Uh, but really starting as a developer uh, and then uh, started into the telco industry, uh, being an IT manager. So really working a lot with IT infrastructure, hosting, and data and building also these international networks on how data capacity is, is uh, taking from different countries and so forth. And then in 2006, I was part of founding my first company and ended up as a consultant building 
uh, a big big retail bank uh, in in Finland, and then became the CIO of the bank. Uh, but realized there probably that I'm a builder, not a maintainer in that sense. So I kind of came to my, or I became finished or done with the bank, and then I was asked by the core bank service provider of S Bank to come and uh, build their card and payment business, which I did. And that's when I, I met my to-be co-founders and uh, we did a lot of great stuff. Uh, but also then the ambition level of where I went to what I wanted to do, it took me around four or five years and then I was done again. And then it was like, I don't want to be maintaining something that is small when you can go big and have a big impact. And that's how Enfuse came about. So an opportunity presented itself and I knew what I didn't want to do and then I asked my my co-CEO Denise I called her up and I asked like should we and then she said yes and then she asked what and I said should we build a company that enables payment faster better and globally scalable and then she said yes let's do it because we kind of we done it before but the scale was smaller and uh, that was kind of uh, a big challenge and I like big and hard things because if it was uh, easy then anyone could do it and, and that's that's not me so that's how Enfuse started off and and yeah it's been a it's been a journey and the good thing is that since we have really big and ambitious goals uh, we are not even close to being finished this is just us getting started and I think that actually feels quite nice my husband asked me the other day that how long have I been at one place the longest? And I said, actually, it's Enfuse. It's my longest employment uh, ever. But it's because we are so far from being where we want to be that every morning, okay, not every morning, but almost every morning, it feels like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. And this is exactly where I can learn every day. Uh, yeah, so that's in short, not very short, but... but. <laughs> But I love it. It's so exciting to hear you talk about this because you, you talk about, you know, something coming to an end because you've completed it. Mm. Whereas with Enfuse, you have completed so much, but you have this vision of so much further to go. And I love that as a concept because I love talking about people's careers. I love talking about their lives and what they want to be achieving. And, um, you know, I've got this big smile on my face listening to your story. Um, and I wanted you to share a bit about your personal life too. Um, you've told me you've got four kids and you've done everything that you've done. Um, t tell us more. Tell us your advice. Yeah, I think my, my biggest is my advice is don't think about things too much. Because I think stress comes from when we think we should lead a life in a certain way. Uh, I love my life uh, because it's my life. I don't love it every single day. And I like I have two, two girls and two boys. And, and like my husband says, the, the, the ladies are a lot like me, which is, can sometimes be a bit hard. Uh, but in the end of the day, so I have had good fortune of meeting my husband when I was 19. So we've been together for 28 years. So my oldest uh, child is 22 and the youngest one is 12. And then we have the boys 20 and, and, and 14 in the middle. And 
uh, we lived in the south part of Finland and, our, and we are from the north part of Finland. So we don't have a lot of relatives uh, or at all uh, down here. So we've been managing, but it's about, you know, leading a life and I love working. So I love building stuff. I like doing stuff, which means I become a better, <laughs> I hope I become a better person. Uh, when I can do stuff that I love instead of doing things I don't like. I have also done things that I haven't enjoyed, especially always in the end of my journeys. Like, like when I've been in the other positions in other places, it, it's not like I've known like, oh, now I'm done. Now I'll, I'll do something else. It's more like I realized afterwards that, yeah, I should have probably left earlier because I was done for quite some time, but then I like thought that I should be something else. So I think a lot of stress comes from when we think we need to lead a life in a certain way, instead of leading it through our own values and our own principles. And I think the only advice I can give, is actually twofolded. One, don't be an asshole. And two, have the courage to ask help. So if you abide by these two, there's nothing you can't achieve. And I love these two rules. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I want to make sure that we have that as the uh, the title of the uh, of the podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, this is just really, it's just so awe inspiring just to hear how you talk about um, everything that you've achieved. And I know in a previous conversation we had, you were a fan of uh, my hashtag walk the talk. I, I yes. love this concept. Action, action, action. Let's do something together. It's um, how your carbon action was born. Yes. So tell us about that as well, please. Yeah. So, uh, again, when we founded the company, we wanted to do things that matter. And, and, uh, and uh, I didn't want to become, or like, let's put it like this. I don't think about too much about exact stuff i think a big picture and, and values and then i have my co-founder uh, denise she is much more principal and, and 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 like detail oriented so that's why i think it worked really well with the two of us but my carbon action was was born out of us a wanted to do things that matter having an impact both mothers of children and we want to leave the world a better place than what we found it and then like instead of trying to come up with stuff that we could do, look at the things that we do really well. And then we looked at, okay, what do we do really well? Well, we do payments really well. I mean, like we're the best in the world in, in processing payments. And so what is it actually that we do? Well, we actually enable people, either it be us as consumers or companies to spend money. And when you spend money, you are actually causing emissions and emissions cause the problems that we're having with the climate crisis. So then it was like, but how can we then help our customers, meaning us uh, people to, it's not about spending less money, but it's about spending money in a more sustainable manner. And that's how my carbon action was born. So we were part of a MasterCard Lighthouse program and, and we were given the time to, you know, put time to innovate. And I think this is one, one probably advice as well. Take the time to stop sometimes. Just to like stop, what do you have? What, what more could you do with what you have? And, and in a way that it makes sense and, and it's a, it, it does something for a bigger cause. 
Mm. And, and that's then my carbon action became the name of it. But it, it was really about taking the data that we process on a daily basis, because that's the data that uh, enables the payment to go through globally, taking that data, injecting uh, CO2 emission data from a country specific way. And then like, we've seen those before. And there are like, you know, you can, can get calculation on like this cost this much and this is the emissions. But how do we get it into actionable insights? So now we have like one plus one equals two. So what? Then it's like two to understand how to change and have a better choice and also understand what is your emission. Like if an average fin emits around 10 tons of emissions a year. Okay, then the question is, so what? Well, the so what is that in order for us to keep to the Paris Agreement, the 1.5 degree, we should be below 2.5 tons by the end of 2030. So like we are running out of time. And then we understand that, okay, shit, we need to drop and reduce our emissions by 70%. How can I, in an easy way, do it? Because we know that we people are like lazy by nature and herd animals. So if we can get easy, actionable items and insights, then we will change. But if it requires a lot of hassle, then it becomes a problem and you just fall back to the normal ways of, you know, behavior. So then we added this element of behavioral, like tips and insights on how to reduce your emissions. And that's how My Carbon Action was born. So we can see a lot of these um, climate uh, companies popping up which is amazing because people are like, yeah, yeah, but they are your competitors and those are our competitors. Well, in the end of the day, we are competing against the inst instinction of, of humans. So, I mean, the planet will survive, but we as a species won't unless we change. So I think it's that anyone doing something is better than someone doing nothing. So, uh, yeah, that's, again, a very short answers, but that's how my carbon action was born. Yeah, and it's great because you're sharing so much on the how people can make that change yes. happen but also you're being realistic that change for anyone is difficult like yes <laughs> that's just the you know we're human nature we you know we we yes. like to keep with our program and what's easy for us and yes accessible um and what i love is that you started all of this by saying what do we do well and how can we improve it? yes and when you start from that position it just straight away there is a whole level of understanding of what we're capable of doing which i think is really inspiring for anyone listening to this thinking about their career thinking about whether they want to make a career change or move into something different um, or progress you know what do you do really well and how can we build on that yeah and there are actually the scientific evidence around that if you want to 10x so if you want to be 10 times better you should focus on the things that you are good at and become even better on those because they come to you more natural because there are a lot of these self-help books like how do I become, how do I make my things better that I suck at? Mm. But that will require much more energy and then you will only become a bit better because it will require. So how do you become much better in the things that you love or passionate about and it comes natural? And when you find those things in life and you put in there the effort and you don't be an asshole, that's when magic can happen. 
And, and that's why I don't believe in the books where that's, and that's, that's I think is it's 100% correct that you say that thinking about your career and, and where you want to be, etc. Don't focus on the things that you suck at too much. Think about like, yeah, this I need to improve a bit, but this is I'm really good at and this is what I love doing. Put the focus there and then you can be 10 times better. Otherwise you will be maybe two, three times better. Really interesting insights. And one thing that's really stood out throughout this whole podcast is how important values are to you. Um, And people first is everything about your growth. Um, So I wanted you to share some of your experience of reframing what tech looks like. Yeah, I think from from our side, when we started Enfuse, uh, one big pivotal, like two big decisions. One was to, to go global, uh, like from day one. Like what, what we're aiming for is something that can go global. And then what global means, that then has become crystallized as we go. But like that was the like go big or go home. We have a lot of this saying. Uh, and then from that, the tech decisions came. Like, okay, the only way to go big is to go public cloud and to have the tech and, and build the organization around quality because we do we we handle people's money so then comes compliance but one really uh, important aspect is the people that we have a very diverse set of people from different backgrounds yes in the beginning of the days we had a lot of people with the payments background because we needed people to help build a foundation who actually knew what payments looks like but in order to be a forerunner and become you know the best we needed to have people who who actually don't know and don't care but can work in a systematic manner because quality is really important so it's it's a challenge uh, but i think that's also when you start mastering that piece that's again when when you know the great stuff can actually happen and, and it's an everyday uh, challenge. And the only thing that is constant in, in the world of NQs is to change. So we started at five people. We're at 130 plus now, probably around 250 this time next year. We'll, we are in different uh, places in, in Europe already, time zones, etc. But how do we make sure that we have NQs ways of working? So it is a lot about communication, onboarding, discussions, and understanding how we work as people and then the values. So coming to, we have four values of the company. That, that is the core of the company. So we have collaboration because we know from day one that, you know, you, you can't do this stuff alone. So we need to be able to collaborate. And under that comes everything from communication, etc. But collaboration, excellence is really important because we do stuff that is very highly regulated. So, and it's people's money. So it, it has to be like the focus needs to be that we need to do our, a good job. Of course, uh, sometimes things not go that well, but then it's all about the process of how do we find it? How do we mitigate it, uh, etc. And then it's think big. So that's probably born a lot from me, but, but from a, like, let's say a developer, think big means that don't try to solve today's problems try to solve it in a way that the feature functionality that you're building scales global so we talk a lot about uh, where we are going and why we are allowed to exist as a company so we we steer the company through objectives and and key results 
And then, of course, sustainability. Sustainability has also been there from, from, from day one. So before the sustainability boom, if you want to call it, uh, came about. And for us, sustainability is not just you know, emissions, but it, it's about taking care of our people, paying decent salaries, uh, ensuring mental health, etc. So we have a lot of good services that I really recommend. And I use myself like on the, it's a Finnish service where you have this, uh, let's say, psychotherapy coaching. Because I believe that if you want to be the best, also the best in the sports have their own coaches. And they are not coaching you to do your everyday work, but they are coaching you to keep your head straight. Because there's so much things going on, and especially with me, there's so much things going on in my head, that it's good to have someone who is a professional not telling me what to do, but asking me questions so that I can put them in the right sequence. And that's when things start happening. I usually use this bathroom analogy that, you know, if you want to go to a bathroom, it would be nice if you find the toilet, take your pants down, then do your stuff and so forth. So doing it in the wrong sequence has a disastrous outcome. It's a little bit the same with the head. That Try to get it structured. Does. Yeah, it certainly does. And as a mum of two very young children, this I understand very well. Yes, exactly. So um, today's podcast has been fantastic. You have given us so much advice, so much, so many lessons to learn from. And, you know, I just love your your energy that you have obviously brought to every single one of your roles. What would your last bit of advice to people be to be successful in this industry? Have courage. I mean, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, most likely no one will die. And that's how I think about it. Like, if no one's going to die, then it's worth trying. So just do it. Amazing. And thank you so much, Monica. It's been brilliant. Thank you, you for having me. On the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you so much. Thank you.